What's going on, everybody? Guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Football Function Podcast, available on all your podcasting platforms, including on Patreon, if you prefer an ad-free experience. As always, I'm one of the hosts of this show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on X at Michael5Ritter and also one of the hosts of the SmackDown Review over on the WWE Podcast. Joining me on today's episode to review the Thanksgiving week edition yes, of the National Football League season, week 12 to be specific. Young Terrence Minifield, my humble co-host, student of the game. How you doing, bud? Man, Mike, I am full as hell. Full of food, obviously. Full of all the love and all the new memories that my family and I made over Turkey Day. Funkies, I hope your Turkey Day was just as good as mine. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. We got a good one. There's a good bunch of games that happened today. Some interesting games that came to the wire, so I'm ready to break it down. But first, Mike, how was your turkey day? Not bad. Yeah? Thanksgiving for me over the past few years has been different, obviously, than years past, especially yeah. younger years. I It's really just been a relaxing day. For sure. That's just kind of what it's transitioned to as of late. And, you know, I really enjoy it, obviously, just getting a chance to watch football, eat as much food as possible. But also just get a chance to take a break from the normal routine. Yeah, the everyday you know, grind. That's always yeah, a great great part of Thanksgiving. But those games that happen on Thanksgiving and Black Friday are going to be covered by Young Goose. Shut up, Goose. He got a nice Thanksgiving plate, Thanksgiving yeah. size yeah, he did. NFL slate on his plate this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to let him do that. We're going to talk Big about shots. some of the games that happened today pretty much Everyone but the Sunday Night Football, and then obviously we're going to have Caleb Grant break down the flash drive, yeah. the Cleveland Browns, and the Denver Broncos. So you and I will get into the first game on our slate. Let's do it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Lucas Oil Stadium. This was a nice little, I mean, it wasn't the, um, let's see, the uniform matchup of the week yeah, yeah. because of the Seahawks and 49ers on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Those neon green jerseys. There's something about those jerseys. And man. the white throwbacks for the 49ers. Yeah. That combination. Looks phenomenal. Yeah, the cream is nice. So that's going to take the cake this week. However, I like it. The Bucks wore their pewter uniforms on the road against the Indianapolis Colts in their blue, blue. uniforms. Mm-hmm. There were oh, no oh, white jerseys. Gee. It did look kind of strange. Mike Evans scored oh, two touchdowns in this game. Yeah. Huh. Mike Evans scored two touchdowns in this game, and he went and handed the ball to a Buccaneers fan wearing a Mike Evans jersey. Two different fans in, uh-huh. Indian, in Indianapolis. Huh. They so. made the travel, so that's... That's pretty nice. And I was telling Caleb, because he's the one that pointed that out to me. I was telling him, man, you know that the, the second one that got the ball, he probably saw the first one happen. He was like, oh, fuck And yeah. said, fuck. <laughs> you know, what are the chances that happens twice that he gives it to, you know, he comes to this end zone yeah. and gives it to me. You know, so I thought that was bada pretty boom, cool boom. that two fans got that experience. It happened. But unfortunately, they did not get to walk away with the win. Mm-mm. The Indianapolis Colts. Get a 27-20 to 20 win led by Gardner Minshew. That was good. And his 251 yards passing. Zero touchdowns. It did have an interception, but wasn't enough compared to Baker Mayfield's two touchdowns. Barely under 200 yards passing. He had a pick. Got kind of banged up early in this Lost game. Lost a fumble, too. Kyle Trask came in this game, but mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield was able to come back in, finish. The Bucks come up short, and now they're sitting at 4-7. and seven, Third place in the very winnable NFC South. Yeah, this game is where Jonathan Allen kind of or Jonathan Allen, Jonathan Taylor kind of came out and established himself early, and you kind of saw it where uh, it was needed because Uncle Rico needed the help with uh, you know a couple sloppy plays here and there, but 
it was the Tampa Bay's offensive line that really let the whole team down and letting Baker get sacked a couple times. I think it was like five, six, something like that. But, yeah, it was just a poor play on the offensive line. And in the trenches, really, uh, Colts really won the battle there. So I think they were just more physical today. And, you know, shouts out to those guys and catching this dumb. Okay, let's move on to the New England Patriots at the New York Giants. A very low-scoring game, 10-7. to 7. If you bet the under on most things in this game, you most <laughs> likely would have walked away successful. Although there was a half a touchdown prop yeah. for Tommy DeVito. I did hit that on the nice. over. So obviously just do one touchdown, 17-25, yeah. 191. But the 12 for 21, 89 yards and two picks for Mac Jones. I'm going <laughs> to give it to you. What the hell, man? Like, What's going on here with Mac are his days numbered yeah. in the Patriots organization? Yeah. What the hell is the right question, dog? And, like, I mean, I have no answers for it, man. There's just too many mistakes with players open and the scheme looking like it's actually, you know, worth a shit. There's receivers who have who have created space and that are open. And just, like, I mean, I, I hate this version of a of, of an offense, but, like, even hit your check down there. The check down's open. Ramondre was was naked most of the time, and, and Mac was just not, not even acknowledging that it, he was even there. But it, it was just a, a poor performance. I, Mac Jones' number is – his days are very, very numbered. I don't even know if he's going to get a start or anything. We just don't have a QB on the roster who is worth the shit. Bailey Zappi did come in at halftime uh, after Mac threw two interceptions. Uh, he did not do uh, too much better. He did do our only uh, – or he did was a part of our whole – uh, second half scoring, um, he did lead, drive us down the field and put up our seven points that we were only scoring. <laughs> this is ridiculous, man. We are the lowest scoring team in the NFL, dead last, 31st. We have scored less than 14 points in all of our games except for one. Um, but, yeah, this is just uh, just horrendous. And not to um, shit on anybody's parade, but I don't think you – if you don't know, Bill Belichick pretty much handpicked the kicker um, with the first, or with our um, I can't remember what draft pick it was. It was very early, um, but yeah, he handpicked this kid and uh, missed the field goal to send us to overtime. And when it rains, dog, it pours. This was just an ugly performance right now, and it's uh, kind of painful to root for the Patriots right now. But hey, better days are come. I, I'm, I'm not gonna shit on the Giants or anything. I am uh, actually. Uh, Kind of impressed of how they are falling behind their if quarterback. If you can score there. ten points and win a game, that's power to you. Hey, they're going with the with the Devito, all that shit. I, I love how they're falling behind that the Italian stallion. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, <laughs> for the guys I can't see, <laughs> that was a pretty low scoring game. There's another low scoring game as well that took place in Cincinnati. Such a shitty game. The Steelers get a sixteen to ten win. They moved to seven and four on the season. This was a pretty big win for them, despite only scoring 16 points. Yeah, and I mean against a backup quarterback. You could argue, yes, you could argue that you know the Bengals had opportunities to win this game for as sure. well. The Steelers put up 400 yards offensively for the first time in 59 games. Mm-hmm. This is their first game without Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, the one that they shit canned finally. Right. He's gone. So it's a it's a great day to be a Steelers fan. You get a huge win, huge divisional win. You make the Bengals fans and just their organization as a whole question where they're going now under the uh, the guidance, I guess, of Jake Browning pulling the strings on that offense. What's it going to look like going forward? I'm not really sure. Four for 81 for Jamar Chase. Obviously, that's not the the worst stat line. You'd want to have more catches. Yeah, The yards aren't that bad, especially, you know, looking it at is. some of the other performances. But Friermuth got 120 on the other side. Yeah, it just it seemed like <clears throat> the connection between – 
Browning and Chase isn't just there yet. I mean, it seemed like they were kind of hitting on to something, but then, boom, it was just cold after that. So kudos to the Steelers for getting all the, all the yards and shit. It, Definitely the best day of the season for Najee Harris. Yeah, I was about to say, they, a touchdown. they were run heavy. Under, man, ruined one of my parlays. Yes. Fuck, of course, of course, it was all these days. I'm like, of all on, the days. Man, all the times you want to <laughs> ball out. Who's but, what's Warren? Uh, what's his first name? Chase Chris? Well, I can't remember his first name, but he's a fucking Jalen Warren. Yes, he had that. a fumble in this game that really shifted the carries and such a mad runner. It though. made them focus on Najee Harris a lot more for the rest of the game. So, yeah. yeah, thanks a lot. But anyways, <laughs> we can move on to Nashville, Tennessee. Ooh, the home of Monday Night Raw that's coming up Monday. Oh, nice. not sure if you're aware or not. I'm not. Randy Orton made a return. I saw something about CM Punk. CM Punk there, that's made a return that's to saw. WWE, both in a matter of 30 minutes. Huh. He was like, oh, he could do it. I yes. fucking do it. Well, yeah, it was a, the way that they closed out Survivor Series, which is one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year. Yeah. It was the final pay-per-view of 2023. Next up is the Royal Rumble next year, but it's pretty big news. And, you know, Nashville's got a lot going. Yeah, they yeah. just had a home win over the Carolina Panthers. You moved to 1-10. The Bears, you know, the Bears organization, especially Bears fans, are loving this. They're clapping. They're loving seeing the Panthers fall to one and ten. Mm-hmm. But this game, I mean, similar to the ones we just talked about, ten to seven, yep. sixteen to ten. This one was seventeen to ten. Another low-scoring ball game. Will Levis gets another win, another home win, or eighteen for twenty-eight, one eighty-five, zero touchdowns, zero picks. Really, just a game manager doing yep. enough exactly to get the job done. Jumping on the back of Derrick Henry and his two touchdowns and eighteen carries. Really kind of kept the Titans' offense able to keep the ball out of the Panthers' hands and do what they had to do to really get the win. Chuba Hubbard was the main back for the Panthers today. He got a touchdown. Jonathan Mingo led the team. He was a rookie wide receiver in receiving for 60 yards. But it was just Derrick Henry. It was him being able to do whatever he wanted to do when he wanted to do it against this Panthers team that – Really is undermanned. For sure. That really was evident today whenever they needed to get a stop on defense. Smash Mouth football is all it was, man. And that's what Mike Vrabel is kind of known for with the combination of a bruising defense and a strong running game. And, and that's what happened this Sunday. The Panthers is just struggling right now. And on both sides of the ball, really, you really can't just pinpoint one area. But really, honestly, it does feel like um, – What's his name? Frank Reich is uh, could be adding his name to the hot seat. Gabe's heating an air hot seat. I'm pretty sure, dog. I think so. I would put him up there because, I mean, you look at CJ, and all, you cannot help but look at that. And then look at this guy who you just lost to, the one who had to wait versus the well, number it's one not, prospect. It wasn't his pick. To be fair, he wanted CJ Stroud. Oh, yeah, that's It's true. the owner. That's true. It's the owner who's – so, yeah – Frank Reich might be on the hot seat, but I don't think it's because of the quarterback selection. I think it's because of the improvement uh, of the team, the inability to mesh with the owner. Like they have a meeting every week and it's kind of awkward, I guess. Long story short, I don't think that it's a great pairing, right? The owner and the coach happens. So he might go get a new coach, but yeah, I agree. He should have, I mean, they without a doubt picked the wrong quarterback and I'm, Saying my blessings, count my blessings every day because it sent CJ Stroud to the AFC South, <laughs> and not the NFC South, which does I make don't. a pretty big difference. But speaking of that AFC South, oh yeah, and CJ Stroud, pretty good game today against those Jaguars in yes, NRG Stadium. Except if you're a Texans fan, you are not pleased with the outcome. Although the the referees may have 
inserted themselves into this one. Kind of did. They kind of yeah. did. I can agree with that. I can get on. I can get on that. Well, it was a phenomenal game. Both quarterbacks threw for over three hundred yards. Trevor Lawrence threw for three sixty. Three sixty four. One touchdown. Mm-hmm. Had a rushing touchdown too. C.J. Stroud led his team in passing and rushing, 47 yards on the ground and a touchdown, as well as two in the air, yep. 26 for 36. That's a veteran stat line right there, dude. That's insane. He's putting them up. And there was more yards that were taken back. He had like a huge 50-yard bomb to Tank Dell that was called back because of an illegal shift. Yeah. So the Texans and Jags, man, I, mean, I think this is going to be more time. of what we're going to see going forward. The I AFC South that. is fun again. I love man. It really is. And with the young talent that's there, you have to anticipate more matchups like this. The Jags still won, currently in first place yep. in the AFC. So, I mean, I believe the Chiefs might have a tiebreaker over them as we sit here right now because mm. they got the win head-to-head. I think so, too. But the Chiefs, I mean, they were, we're going to get to their game a little bit later. But, yeah. you know, yeah. earlier in that matchup, you thought, hey. damn, hey. maybe the Jags are the team to be in the AFC. Mm-hmm. They certainly look that way today. You got to give them credit sitting at eight and three right now, getting a road win against a team that they really don't beat that often. Right. So it's a meaningful win for the Jags today. The fact that this came to a 58 yard field goal and it just was inches, inches from going in. Man, it's it's so hard, but it, it, it's a tough loss. Don't get me wrong, but the way you have to feel for the future right now as a Texans fan, dude, this is just a. It's an unbelievable feeling that I wish I had a little bit of taste of because right now it's kind of a disappointment to be a Patriots fan. But nonetheless, Texans, this is just a this was a fucking a great game from head to start, uh, head to finish. Um, but uh, coming down to the, to the lot to the wire, uh, this is just what's for come to see in the future, and I'm I'm, ex- I, I'm excited for. It. I'm here for the quarterback play and just how the teams just improve every year and just this hard nosed battle. With uh, the Jaguars' defense, which is all over. Josh Allen made a few uh, records today, I'm pretty sure. Um, and just C.J. Stroud just being the engineer and that young, te- that young team just being just a step behind of, of the Jaguars. And you see how they started and, you know, drafted their players and how they are now. You're just one step. You are inches, 58-yard field goal inches um, short from, you know, being better than this team. It's, I mean, I, I'm – Thoroughly impressed with the Texans, and um, you know, playoff implications are still intact for this team. Without a doubt, some nice AFC South football. Mm-hmm. One would even say there was some pretty enjoyable NFC South football today as well. One could say that in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, downtown <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. Huh, wide the Falcons and Saints. You know, this is a Thanksgiving Day ritual. Or not Thanksgiving Day, I apologize. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whether it is on the day, which we did do a couple years in a row, mm-hmm. back in like 2017, 2018, whichever year it was. Right. We uh, we like playing the Saints around this time, and it just makes sense. Wearing our throwbacks, they wore their alternate uniforms, which people are very, you know, they feel certain ways about that. I don't really care. All I know is we beat them boys today. <laughs> 24 to 15. Bad. To sit you know, with sole possession of first place. Nice. We, because we're 3-0 and in the division, so hold that. We beat all three teams. <laughs> so that's one thing I mentioned. You know, I tweeted it today. Whenever you're trying to split hairs in a really tight division race, like people think about the NFC South. Who's the best team in this division? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, who's going to win this division? It's very winnable. But all these teams are kind of sitting there right in the same ballpark well. That's when the head-to-head has to factor in. Right. And we've and beaten got literally it. every single team in this division sitting Hell at 3-0. Yeah. So, make no mistake, 
the Falcons are the best team in the NFC South. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And I feel like we proved that today, despite Desmond Ritter throwing two you know, pretty costly interceptions, one of them inside oh, yeah. the 10-yard line, the other one just not the best throw, without a doubt, probably. Uh, they seem very rushed. Yeah, I mean, just Honey Badger got both interceptions, yeah. but that second one was more was so just kind of threw it right to him. And we were able to overcome that. Shout out to the defense. They didn't budge. Mm-hmm. They bend, but didn't, or they bent, yeah, but they didn't, didn't break. break. Especially that boy, Jesse Bates. 15 points is what the Saints scored today. All field goals. Five field goals. That's all it was. Uh, Derek Carr threw for over 300 yards, but he did throw an interception, yep. and you mentioned it. 92-yard pick six from my boy Jesse Bates, who also had a forced fumble. On yeah. Taysom Hill, he was everywhere. Later in this game, the boy's everywhere. He uh, and that's the first time Taysom Hill has fumbled in three years. Jesse Bates is just a difference maker, what man. A force. He puts his stamp on every game that he plays, and this is the second game that he has single handedly won. And it's just, oh, it's a great feeling, man. But I do got to give a shout out to Bijan Robinson. Sixteen yeah. carries, ninety-one yards on the ground, one touchdown. He also did some damage throughout the air. Got a nice touchdown on a wheel route. But Drake London had 91 yards off five catches. There was one drive where we got big plays from Pitts, London, and Bijan all on the same drive. Young Waku hits a pretty big field goal late in this game to really ice it and put it away. You just uh, you love what you see from this team in this moment. Uh, Chris Olave he had 114 yards in the second half, and then mm-hmm. he got concussed. Yeah. So they're clearly, you know, but I will say he was going off, and they were still settling for field goals. Yeah. You know, that might not have changed the outcome of this game, although, yes, they were down their wide receivers. Michael Thomas didn't play in this game. Chris Olave was killing us, and he ended up being uh, taken out of this game. Nice little choke slam from A.J. Terrell, I will yeah, say. there. Um, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was an interesting, an interesting day. But nonetheless, getting a huge win at home to take first place. You got to hold on to it, though. We got the Jets next week. Yeah. Obviously, we were supposed to go to this game mm-hmm. in New York City. Going up against Tim Boyle. So oh, Tim Boyle. I can't say I would have been, you know, just really scratching. Yeah, biting at the bit to yeah, just get to the to, game. Yeah, <laughs> to watch Tim Boyle and Desmond Ritter square off. <laughs> but nonetheless, we got a huge win here. It was the 50-year yeah. anniversary of hip-hop, so we had several different Atlanta rappers, rappers from just all over the country Represent. in the stadium today. Ludacris did like a, you know, a... He was on a, a wire dropping from the top of the stadium at halftime or maybe after the third quarter, something like that. Yeah, I don't I really know exactly, but a nice little, a nice day in Atlanta. <clears throat> you know, it's, it always feels better whenever you end it with a victory over your most hated rival. Yeah, man, and I will die on this hill too, saying that you guys have the best running back tandems in the in the game right now. This is a team that will run the ball and <laughs> will fucking do it well. They, You guys finally figured out who your fucking best player is. And he went off today. Bijan was effortlessly floatless out there. Like, he would just make cuts that looked impossible. This kid is just, uh, like, he's like water. Like, he was just fucking flowing through crevices, dog. It was amazing to see. I love watching his game just elevate to the next level. And then you've got just a mad runner in Algier, dog. He he will he will make the ground hurt when he fucking hit, when he, if he hits it. Like, it's this kid, he will grit for every yard. I love that in my running backs. And the fact that he wears number 25, too. What's up? What's up? It's a good number. Um, but, yeah, I, I love the one-two punch. And for Bijan to starting to immerse in, in this offense and to find his footing is, is great. I just want to see more of Cordell. Put him at receiver. Make him 
Uh, he was Debo before Debo was was even you know Deboing out there. But that's it. I think if the more uh, we get our playmakers the ball, this is and and less on Ritter's shoulders, obviously, which who put on a great game besides the two interceptions. It's just um, like we said earlier before pre or when we're pregame. This is that pass to Bijan was probably one of the best passes I've seen just for him knowing he's gonna take that hit and just placing it right perfectly for his running back just to catch it, dude. I love the growth in this team, how young and how up-and-coming this is. They are the team to beat now, so let's hold tight. Shifting over from, you know, two back-to-back divisional games to another one, NFC West this time, State Farm Stadium, Phoenix, Arizona, the Cardinals. They had a nice showdown, or I should say Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, Glendale. You know, same difference. Yeah, you know, it's like tomato, tomato. Texas Stadium was in Irving. AT&T mm-hmm. Stadium is in Arlington. Arlington. <clears throat> you know, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. Nonetheless, you got to fly into Phoenix if you're getting to the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> game. Sure. And that's probably what the Rams did. And they left with a damn near 40-burger. 37-14, to 14, they blow out the Cardinals, who fall to 2-10, and 10, get a little bit closer to hopefully getting their next Larry Fitzgerald. I have yet to stop picturing... Marvin Harrison Jr. Ooh. out of a Cardinals jersey since you know totally that right. image popped in my head, especially yeah. these new uniforms. If you're gonna you know go all in on Kyler Murray, give him what? Keep Hollywood Brown because they have a chemistry. You know they have a great chemistry, and he's number he's a great number two. Yeah. But you get someone like Marvin Harrison as the duo there, we could see the Cardinals have some electrifying offense. I've already seen a lot of mock drafts where that is where his landing spot is. But as for this game. Matthew Stafford just had a day, man. 229 yards, his season high, four touchdowns. I mean, this was just a great game for my boy, dude. Uh, I think he was ramping and raving over this kid, Kyron Williams, making a return from the ankle injury. He had a huge game, 143 yards, and caught six passes, 61 yards, including a touchdown. Um, Yeah, this is just a good game for these guys. They are continuing their dominance over the NFC West here. Well, let's move on to another game. This one took place in Denver, Colorado. Oh, Denver. This one is the Browns and the Broncos. And like usual, we're going to have Caleb Grant break this bad boy down with the flash flash drive. drive. And we're going to get into it. Shout out, KG. Man, this one was ugly on Cleveland's side. Started off with a three and out with DTR at quarterback. Denver drove down the field on their first drive with the help of a questionable pass interference call for 40 Mm -hmm. yards and got a quick (laughs) seven. Browns very shorthanded today with a few key pieces out on each side of the ball, including Denzel Ward and Walker on the defensive side, and you could see from the get-go. Denver has definitely turned things around this season and got lucky that they ran into this version of the Browns, but kudos to them. Denver gets in again going up 14-0 after a Cleveland turnover that gave them great field position. Browns get on the board with a couple of field goals after not being able to punch it in the end zone, making it 14-6. Browns came out a half strong with a nice drive running the ball, including running it in for a touchdown, but they do not convert the two-point conversion and makes the score 14-12, to but still a two-point game, so you think it's really close. After another Browns turnover, Denver gets good field position and only gets three, 17-12. DTR and Amari Cooper left the game after big hits, both mm-hmm. illegal. One was called and one wasn't. Miles Garrett was injured most of this game, and that hurt even more. Had a bad feeling about this week, and rightfully so, because... Any and everything that Cleveland tried to do wasn't working. Denver gets in again from a couple of yards out. They also got another field goal after that. Finished it off with a safety after penalties pushed the Browns back. Denver wins 29-12. to 
props to them today, but we beat ourselves and gave it to them with the turnovers and lack of running the ball versus the worst run defense in the entire league. With how banged up we are, I don't know how next week is going to go in Los Angeles versus the Rams. We had several backups in on both sides of the ball and had even more injuries added today, so hopefully this loss doesn't derail our season. End quote. Um, yeah, Ouch, a tough, rough. a tough loss for the Browns there in Denver. For some yeah. reason, that's just a, you know, a tough place for them to play. Right. I totally understand, you know, there's, there's places that the Falcons just can't win for whatever reason. It's tough. We hardly ever win in Philly. We hardly ever win in Cleveland. So there's, there's places that we struggle to get over the hump too. But yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the, on the preview show. These games happen. You know, mm-hmm. the Browns came off two very emotional wins, two very hard-fought wins. And sometimes, you know, whenever you play a team like the Ravens, play a team like the Steelers, even for one week, the following week, you know, you're still recovering from that game because it was, you know, a hardcore bar fight, you know, and you go into right. a game, a road game in the altitude in Denver, a team that's kind of starting to hit their stride. They're definitely on the uptick. Yeah. You know, it just it felt like the the Broncos were catching the Browns at a pretty good time. Yeah, and they took advantage of it today. They got a twenty nine to twelve win. You have to you have to give them credit. But yeah, you know the Browns, it doesn't really discredit who they are. Whenever you you know you can only withstand so many injuries. We've been praising them yeah. for what they're doing despite missing so many key pieces. And if if that's going to continue, if you know if they're going to continue to have their their injury report just continue to add big name players like we're seeing. That would derail any team season. For sure. Hopefully the Browns can get over it. But, uh, yeah, the Rams are going to be a tough matchup next week. I think the most part, important part of the flash drive there was the fact that he said that it was, they're lucky that they hit this version of the Browns. And I completely agree with that. If if, if they were completely intact right now, uh, the way that the Broncos are surging, I don't even think it could have immensed uh, how this Broncos or this Browns team would have would have played against them. But still, uh, you still got to give – uh, kudos where kudos are, should be given, and Russell Wilson it was, you know, especially early on, him and Samanje were kind of running all over this team, and uh, early run, run success has something against defenses, so I think the wear and tear, and, and, and Russ, it looks like this whole season has, is just a flip from last year, so he's just going to be himself in, in all these games, so you never can count Russ out, the veteran present that he is, so I am uh, thoroughly impressed still with the Browns and how they can just manage all the injuries. They were still in this with a rookie quarterback at the helm until he went down and P.J. had to step in and uh, do what he could do to win this game. But nonetheless, Broncos win here 29-12. to Moving on to another game, Lincoln Financial Field, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The Eagles go head-to-head with the Buffalo Bills and get a 37-34 to win in overtime. O-T-O-T. Phenomenal game, I will say. I mean, the uniform matchup was there. It was clicking. So was <laughs> the uh, the play on the field. Josh Allen, 399 yards, two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 200 yards, three touchdowns. Ooh. Two on the ground as well, including the game winner walk-off in overtime. Josh Allen has not won an overtime game since the rules were changed because of the Buffalo Bills (laughs) and what happened to them in Kansas City. Josh Allen, I mean, they're not changing those rules for nothing, you know, and he's making it seem like, hey, I mean, you pretty much wasted your time because it doesn't fucking matter. I'm going to lose anyways. (laughs) And the Bills do. They have a hard loss here. But like I said, it was a great win. You know, you get 34 points. You score 34 points on the Eagles on the road in a prime time spot. It's not prime time, but... All the eyes are on this game in the 3 o'clock slot. So, nonetheless, Josh Allen comes up short. Could derail their season. Could put a pretty uh, pretty big dagger in them, but who knows? They looked good last week. 
this week. They come up barely short overtime. I don't think this is going to really um, put the put the nail on them. I don't think we're going to be burying the Bills just yet. They could go on a run Damn. here. I hope not. <laughs> but the final game we're going to talk about, Kansas City at Las Vegas. The Raiders, they get up 14 nothing on the Chiefs, right, and it's just not enough. The Chiefs actually prefer to be down. They prefer to have the deficit to crawl back from Aiden O'Connell. He's sitting there, 248 yards, a touchdown. Josh Jacobs had a 65-yard touchdown in this game. He had 110 yards total. What? Not only that, but, I mean, Jacoby Myers got 79 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Velcro-Adams. Mm-hmm. That's just something about him, man. Every time the ball just gets in his radius, <laughs> bam, right in his chest, or just his his – Wingspan, he's yeah, gonna yeah, absolutely yeah. pull that sucker in. He'll snag that hole. Patrick Mahomes, two, two hundred ninety-eight yards, mm-hmm. two touchdowns. Isaiah Pacheco, two touchdowns as well, along with fifty-five yards on the ground. Rasheed Rice, the rookie, eight catches, one hundred seven yards, one touchdown. They got a nice little performance offensively. They go to eight and three. The race is kind of tightening up in, at the top of the AFC. You know, you got teams like the Jags, the Chiefs. Obviously, teams are trying to run away with it, but it's really those two with those phenomenal records. That are you know standing firmly at the top. The whole AFC North is looking good too. Maybe just you know one game. The Ravens also mm-hmm. eight and three, I believe. Yep. So you know Steelers seven and four. There's a lot of a lot of good teams in the AFC. Yeah, they're putting it up. And the Chiefs are right there at the tip top, handling business in the division. You expected them to win this game, though. I really did. And Antonio Pierce. At first, I was thinking, man, this. I mean, not in past weeks, just today. Yeah. When the game first started and they got to that big lead, I was like, damn, you know, if he's going to win this game, the they're going to have to have the conversation, yeah. you know. And they still might, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes does what he always does to AFC West teams, especially on the road and, you know, business as usual. Chiefs get the dub, 8-3. and three. For sure, business as usual here. I think it was just a clean slate with everybody knowing that they were going to win this game. I think uh, um, that shouldn't take anything away from the – from the Raiders here, like you said, 14 up right out of the gate was something to to hang your hat on. And, you know, it's just the little things we've got to teak and titter here. But it's just, you know, they are who they are. They're going to be the team to beat and just as hard as any other team is going to be beaten. So kudos to the, the Chiefs here. Um, they're just going to be uh, head and nose uh, come ready to, to play. So uh, they're just they're just the fucking Chiefs. Exactly. That does do it for us. We are going to sign off here for multiple reasons. The first one, we've already covered all the games that we watched Mm -hmm. and that we were responsible for. Number two, there's a freaking dog next door. Bubba Bubba. is his name. He's a German Shepherd, and he he likes to chime in when we're recording every now and then. He likes to uh, you know get his opinions out there. Very loudly. I'm not sure who his team is, (laughs) but for whatever reason, he likes to chime in from time to time, and he's pretty loud. He's a very opinionated pup out there. So. Thankfully, he's being quiet right now, allowing us to finish up the show. Appreciate you, Bubba. But, you know, he's made these recording sessions last a little bit longer than what we, you know, would like them to. But nonetheless, thank you so much for making this show part of your weekly routine. This is the flagship, the review show every single week. Yes, sir. Reviewing the weeks as we watch them. And um, this was the official, what is it, two-thirds. Now we're Mm two-thirds done with the season now that week 12 is in the books. So six more weeks to go. A lot of good football left to be played, and then we'll get into the playoffs. So I'm for sure excited. But I hope that you will continue to come back and uh, make this show part of your routine. Maybe go tell a friend, get more ears, oh, yeah. more eyeballs on this show. Much appreciated. It will definitely help us out, as well as you know, going to Patreon, doing your thing over there. 
But nonetheless, thank you so much for you tuning in, and hopefully you will continue to do so as the episodes continue to get pumped out. With all that being said, guys, have a damn good week. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and we'll talk to you soon.